the easy market wrap everything you need to know about the world and your money easy basically the difference between normal inflation and core inflation core is basically x or without food and energy so it shows you that uh, we're not out of the woods yet but things are at least um, moving the right direction if you'd like to read an interesting article there's actually a free pdf or research doc that you can check on from the imf the 2023 world economic outlook for october they basically stated that uh, their forecast expect rates to return closer to central bank's targets in 2024 so they're only expecting rates to come back or slowly progress back next year basically with the current contractionary stance and the anticipated policy action going forward they expect to fully be back in line with the central bank um, targets only in 2026 welcome to easy desert a podcast by easy equities where we simplify money and investing no jargon no complications your cool guide to investing easy <laughs> Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does a Podcast, your cool guide to investing. My name is DJ at Large. Once again, I've called on our financial market sung on my commentator JD Brayton Buck and of course Kalo to delve into what is moving and shaking the markets. Where are investors on the Easy Equities platform investing their moolah? JD is a senior trader at Purple Group and Kalo is a junior brand Manager Easy Equities. They are here to answer some of the burning investment questions and to give us a scoop on important moments and events that are moving and shaking things in the market. JD and Kalo, welcome back to the Easy Does It podcast. It's lovely to have you, gents. It's different because JD is in studio. Oh, for a change. Eh? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for having us. <laughs> lovely, nah, Kalo. How you thanks doing? for having us. Uh, more good on your side. Yeah. Before we delve into what's happening on the market, as you know I always have a random money question. I'm going to start with JD. It's the same question but I'm going to start with you JD. If you could only invest in one asset class for the next 5 years, what would it be and why? And 5 years is quite short actually. Hello, do you Hello, I think you go for this. Uh, let me have a think about it. I'm definitely I'll definitely go for gold at this time. I you, mean looking at the geopolitical events that's actually happening right now, I'll definitely go for gold. Where are you leaning, JD? Gold. So I'm gonna try not go for gold because that's usually my my go-to. Unfortunately, I think long play. Um, definitely on the bond side. On the bond side. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think when things start to straighten straighten themselves out, I think there's quite a bit of cash to be made, and I think you're also locking locking yourself into. You know some instruments uh, and getting yeah. quite a good quite a good yield there. So from a conservative point of view, I think that's pretty much where you want to be. Mm, so bonds and of course gold. Uh, JD, let's talk a bit about inflation and kick things off. Uh, what's the current uh, outlook on inflation? So since our last chat, uh, we we did note that interest rates have plateaued of sorts. I mean, we've we've seen that over the last few months, and this has basically shown that central bankers have managed to to quell the inflation that we saw, the rampant inflation that we saw in the last while. Now, with uh, this tightening, we've uh, obviously seen you know, the supply chain disruptions ease. Headline inflation is down. Uh, we've seen softer commodity prices. but added to which our core inflation still remains a bit of a challenge so basically the difference between normal inflation and core inflation core is basically x or without food and energy so it shows you that uh, we're not out of the woods yet but things are at least um, moving the right direction if you'd like to read an interesting article there's actually a free pdf or research doc that you can check on from the imf 
their 2023 World Economic Outlook for October. They basically stated that uh, their forecasts expect rates to return closer to central bank's targets in 2024. So they're only expecting rates to come back, or slowly progress back next year, basically with the current contractionary stance and the anticipated policy action going forward. They expect to fully be back in line with the central bank um, targets only in 2026. So that's added a little bit to the to the bond play too. But uh, CPI prints uh, year on year, just some, some figures. US sitting at 3.7%, Germany 3, Euro 4.3, China 0, UK 6.7, and SA 5.4. So just to put uh, a little bit of perspective where we are to our global peers. Yeah, and at least it's much more positive than, than our last chats in terms of where we are with, in terms of, of inflation and hopefully things will get a little bit better. Talking about better things, uh, Kalo, I want to turn our attention to passive income. How much were dividends last month uh, for those uh, seeking extra income amidst all the inflation concerns? Um, so now on easy equities in total um, coming from the local market, um, companies paid up to 62 million rand. And these also include exchange-traded funds, as well as companies such as Discovery Bank, Capitech, African Rainbow Minerals, as well as um, Outsurance as well. Oh man, the moolah was definitely, definitely flowing into people's <laughs> pockets. Uh, JD, let's take it all the way to the US and talk a little bit of some earnings. I want to just get a sense from you in terms of your US stocks. What are the earnings looking like? Uh, how did it impact on the stock market? Did anything catch your eye? So basically, October, we're going to have the third quarter of 2023. The earnings are going to start uh, rolling in. Usually from about the, the second week, we start to see a lot of the big names starting to print earnings. From an earnings perspective, you've basically got two different major accounting periods that you'd look at the fiscal year or the fiscal quarter. So we're obviously going into the quarter now that's uh, going to start printing. Another great part of the US, I mean, not just being the biggest market out there, but uh, the most liquid market, but is also the access to information. So as we chatted about actually before this podcast, there's a couple of little tips and tricks that uh, normal investors can, can go and find and do a little bit more research. So one would be a great website is investing.com. You can go through to the earnings calendar and you can actually see the stocks. When they're posting earnings, you can see the uh, forecasted earnings per share, which is, it's going to give you a little bit more insights into what's happening. Something else to look for when you're doing that as well is if it's either going to be pre-market or after-market close. So basically what that means is, is the earnings going to land just before the market opens or is the earnings going to land after the market closes? So with the US, there is something a little bit different to the JSE. Basically, JC trading stops at 1700, essentially. Yeah. In the US, you can still trade after the close. So after earnings drop, you can actually go in and see the after market moves, and that can give you a very, very good indication of where the market is going to be that next day. Mm. Um, so it gives you a little bit of foresight into you know, how the market actually reacted through to those earnings. So I mean, for example, if you invested in Disney, or you're looking to invest, their earnings are out, I think it's on the 8th of November, and it's aftermarket close. So another good thing to do is you can actually also Google the, the actual share and look for something on their website called Investor Relations. So within that Investor Relations, you can go and see they'll generally either do a webinar or a presentation. Yeah. They'll give a summary of their results. Um, you've got access to all their historic results and whatnot. So yeah, I guess that's it in a nutshell. But yeah, from, from next week, we're going to start seeing a little bit more flow happening and then we can, can chat more about it next time. Yeah, out of interest, JD, I mean, do you have any exposure to US stocks in, in your portfolio? Yeah. 
and uh, one or two of your favorites, or are you holding ETFs? What's what's the situation? Uh, for now, it's just ETFs. Sir. Just a whole lot yeah. of ETFs on your side. Yeah, yeah. Kayla, over to you in terms of getting into SDGs. Uh, could you elaborate on what on earth are SDGs and, and how do they relate to the world of investing? We know it's a term that keeps uh, popping up. So, in short, um, SDG actually stands for Sustainable Development Goals. These are 17 goals that are adopted by the United Nations and they're actually meant to be achieved by the year 2030 or rather to say Agenda 2030. Okay. Right. Um, so, the goals include climate action, life on land, life underwater, as well as eradication of poverty. And how companies actually align themselves to SDGs is through ESG, ESG framework, right? So ESG stands for environmental, social, as well as governance. This, for example, would be when a company either, let's say, maybe introduces renewable energy to try combating or rather, say, um, reduce their carbon footprint, as well as uh, companies choosing to rather um, empower their communities around them. And also, let's say maybe, for example, when a company chooses to diversify their board and so forth to to ensure that there is inclusion, this also contributes to equality as well. Kalo, so where should investors look to find campaigns that align with SDGs? I mean, like I said, the most important thing is understanding what the company use to produce what brings um, profits to the table, right? And I mean, many companies have also started indicating what it is that they want to start doing to try aligning themselves to the SDG or rather say ESG framework. You can take for example companies like ExxonMobil that have started introducing or working on uh, carbon capture projects and also for one the European Union also started coming up with an incentive that will actually force companies to now report the carbon that's actually admitted on the uh, products that they actually import into Europe. And also for one, take for example a company like BHP, which we previously discussed as to what it is that they're actually doing in terms of bringing EVs into their operations, as well as other companies such as for example your your Microsoft, your Amazon, as well as Apple as well. Those are some of the companies that are also introducing things such as solar panels into their operations and so forth. Yeah, fantastic. And for those that are interested in things like ESG investing, we did a fantastic episode with Coletta a couple of months ago where she delved into that. JD, uh, one thing that people are always keen to know is where are the rest of the retail investors putting their money, right? So can you give us a a rundown of the most purchased shares uh, considering uh, the ongoing market dynamics? Sure, 100%. A little bit earlier, we were chatting about the US ETF, so I can yes. tell you one thing I do feel like is a bit of a moron <laughs> for not uh, not moving more rands over, overseas, because I kind of subscribe to that whole PPP model, purchase, pi- purchase price parity, mm-hmm. and um, kind of was calling a bit of being a bit of an optimist on the rand. I guess it does hurt sometimes to be an optimist. I guess if we look at everything that's been trading, especially on the JSE from a stock picking perspective, I kind of feel that there's been a lot of negativity, a lot of negativity in the news, uh, we've seen it in media. And just when you see it on social media, there's, there's mm. quite a lot of negativity at the just, moment. Just, yeah. just on the ground as well, you can definitely pick it up and it also is a byproduct of volumes as well that you can pick up from clients, not many people wanting to jump in you know, when things aren't looking good. And just from past experiences, that, that is usually the times when you get a little surprise to the upside. So, not saying that there's a complete structural change, I'll just kind of say that I do feel that we could see a little bit of a bullish movement. But that being said, talking about the negativity, the three shares that Easy Investors have definitely picked up have all been uh, hurt quite badly. Uh, Take it from the top, pick and pay. So, I mean, we've seen levels in pick and pay now that were last seen, geez, 2008, 2009. So, I mean, you can imagine the level of destruction of wealth that's occurred there as well. I mean, there's, there's been lots of downgrades, 
uh, there is a lot of negativity, but you also got to remember that there's a difference between trading a position or trying to catch a couple of percent or actually sitting in and, and waiting for structural change. I sort of wonder, JD, if the change of leadership within Pick and Bay has also had that impact on, on the price. I think it's too soon to put it down to that. Mm. Right now, things need to sort themselves out. Yeah. So it's always something, events will be put in motion. You'll only find out about that six months later. You only start to see that come through. Yeah. But right now, it's more dictation of just where the price is and you know the, the investors and the market sentiment. So Pick and Pay was the the most traded second was Renogen obviously after the massive collapse I think it just yeah. fell over what was it four or five days from 18 mm. to 10 bounced from 10 back to 15 after some news came out just to quell the fears yeah I mean even after the earnings it wasn't even a, a massive move so it comes to show you you know if you compare that also to the likes of Astral Astral also had the uh, was it earnings yeah. or trading statement that came out I can't remember but I mean it yeah, didn't, didn't read very well price hardly reacted so it's starting to show you things that um, all of the negativity is actually in the price that's kind of the, the point that I'm trying to get at and third of all on the JC is Sabanya like like Oof. our last chat everyone's Oof. everyone's punting these platinums yeah. still so I'm gonna go through USD AUD UK and Euro wallets quickly just do it uh, very very high level overview so on the US side uh, we have seen quite a bit of profit taking especially after the whole AI craze mm -hmm. but still the leader Tesla we have seen Tesla crack below the 200 moving average for, for those that trade. That is something that's not 100% uh, not great. The second most traded is VU or the Vanguard S&P 500 ETF and third of all Alphabet. AUD side dominated like, once again just by the mining and mining exploration companies. Got some Bellevue Gold, Kalo, uh, Core Lithium and Invictus Energy. UK side also dominated mainly by the ETF side but just to pick some stocks here as well. DS Smith, I mean, they, they were the most traded share over the last 30 days. Uh, they're trading at about 6.3% yield. We've got BP, uh, they are down, I think, 10 or 15% from the highs in October after the earnings came out. Just basically on the back of weaker gas trading that they've had. But um, a lot of flows going there. And then, once again, Kayla, a little bit happy to hear this. Uh, Rolls Royce. <laughs> um, yeah, see, Barclays also brought out another buy recommendation on them and last of all uh, on the euro wallet got Aiden once again after our last chat as well mm. price has pretty much just been going sideways Heineken the second most traded in the on the euro side we saw quite well market reacted quite good to the Anheuser um, results I think it was trading up about four percent on that day so I mean that that could play through as well seems to be finding a nice little base there can see why investors are looking at the share and Volkswagen, unfortunately not finding much love, also trading back to almost COVID levels, but um, guys are getting involved. Mm, lots happening, lots happening. Uh, to wrap it up, let's uh, do a little bit of some watch lists, some tips. Um, JD Kalo, I mean, uh, what is currently uh, in your watch list? Uh, do you guys have any investment insights for our listeners to consider for November? Uh, Kalo, I'll start with you. Uh, what's happening in terms of your portfolio? What, what do you have your eyes on? I mean, like I said, um, I'll definitely be investing in gold. And that's actually something that I'm investing in using the six months risk challenge. And so for my watch list is uh, the company would be Tito Minerals, right? It's a company that's listed in the Australian market and it's a junior gold miner actually. 
And like I said, when it comes to junior gold miners, it tends to be more volatile than the commodity itself. So in most cases, when gold tends to probably go up by 1%, 2%, when you look at um, small companies, they tend to actually go up by a higher number rather than only just smaller number when um, looking at the big companies. Yeah. Uh, JD, on your side, what, what do you currently have your eyes on? Do you have any tips for our listeners? Yeah, I'll talk about the gold also like that. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm going to go for something a little bit boring. But just to add to your comment now, yeah, definitely trades at a lot higher beta. But also something to remember, especially the, the 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 nature of the beast when it comes to especially trading golds, you shouldn't be marrying them as well. But having a look at the spot price, oh, so mm. I think it's, it's starting to look. Um, I mean, just what's happening in the world as well. Mm-hmm. I think it is a good place to be, but that's also someone that's very biased and very long gold. <laughs> um, uh, from from my side, I'm going to be a little bit boring here. Okay, I'm going to pick Bytes Tech. Okay, uh, listed on the JCN in the UK. It's a good rand hedge. It gets a lot of earnings from obviously from from abroad. Uh, they basically provide infotech. Company offers everything from you know, cybersecurity. That's about 25% of their their mix. Storage, virtualization. You know, can go on for quite a while about what they do. They're quite well diversified within the the greater field. It's a big AI play. So if you want to get exposure in South Af- South Africa and under the JSE, they do a lot of work with their licensing part obviously with Microsoft and we know what Microsoft's up to at the moment. Yeah. If we look at the yield, the div yield's trading at about 1.57% as as of the 1st of November. Next earnings cycle is coming out on the 23rd of May 2024 so we still got quite a while before yeah. the next earnings so there's no real earnings risk coming through right now. Last earnings that came out, uh, in my opinion I thought it was quite a strong stable print I mean, they managed to get double-digit figures of growth going through, and I mean, we can see what's yeah. going on in the world. Feels to me like it's a good place to be. They printed a stronger pre-tax profit. Their gross profit is up 15% compared to the previous half of last year. Yeah, and that was so. I mean, if you think about it, they're getting high margins per client. So if you're a business owner and you can squeeze out more, more juice from each client, you know that starts to work in your favor. Earnings per share up 17%. Out of the eight analysts that cover the share, every single one of them are bullish on it. So it's a boring share, but um, you know it's well liked. From a liquidity perspective, it's not the most li- liquid, but it is quite liquid. I mean, you can get out if you need to. And if you think about it like this, where else are you going to find growth on JSE? So it, it is a growth that that momentum play as well yeah. that you can anchor in your portfolios. Also, just added to that as well, it's got a good annuity stream of income coming through. And last of all, I'm going to top it off with a little bit of technicals because, you know, you've got to have a good look at the charts every now and again. Yeah, as someone that likes to throw darts, I think I'll throw a dart at that one. Yeah. <laughs> Gents, thank you so much uh, for sharing your insights and in terms of activities that are moving and shaking the market. JD, thank you so much for, for being in studio, man. It's lovely to see you. Thank you so much for having me this time. Yeah, Kalo, catch up real soon, Gents. Anytime. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Just for now. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Desert podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.